0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Hey, what is going on, Brave Church? Come on, who's excited to be back in church today? I'm so excited. And listen, I know, I know you guys are confused. I am not Pastor David, and you are correct, my name is Darrison, and I have the privilege of serving on the leadership team here at Brave Church and I'm excited to bring the word, but I would go remiss if I didn't just honor our lead pastor. Come on, don't you guys love our lead pastor? One of the greatest voices, I believe, in America and really all around the world. So come on, can we just blow up the chat right now and just show him some love because we love our lead pastor. And um, listen, if this is your first time, we just want to say welcome. Okay, today you're our VIPs. We love having you here. At this church, we like to say that you belong here and we're glad that you're tuning in from wherever you are today. And we have some exciting things happening, y'all. Big things. Big things happening, okay? Brave Church is back open come on man how incredible is that brave church our doors are open and so you might be here watching online and we love that but we also have people here at the church in service with us and we hope that we get to see you here soon joining here live with us and uh, you can do that a few ways you can go to brave.guide and you can actually rsvp to join one of our services we hope to see you very soon and I'm excited for the word Come on, who's ready for the word? Are you guys ready for the word? I hope you're ready for the word today And um, you know, over these past few weeks uh, Me and my wife, we have kind of gotten into a new hobby Of watching uh, TV shows and movies Anybody love TV shows? Come on, anybody love movies? Alright, we've been binge watching everything that there is On Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, all the platforms Okay. And listen, I love my wife Okay. My wife is incredible She's amazing But sometimes, I don't like my wife, specifically when we are watching movies. Because unlike me, I'm a a spectator type, okay? I like to watch the movie. I like to not talk, okay? But my wife, she is a commentator, and it drives me crazy. She commentates the whole movie. One of her favorite things to say is, oh my gosh, did you see that? Woman! I'm watching the same movie that you are watching. Yes, I saw that. One of the most frustrating things that she asks me during the movies is what do you think is going to happen next? Like, if I, I bet. If you would just watch the rest of the movie, you would find out what is going to happen next. I wonder, do you know somebody like that in your life? Maybe you have like a person that you go to the movies and they just talk and they commentate the whole movies. You see, these kinds of people, they jump to conclusions and they like to try to discover the end while they're in their current scene. Today, I want to talk to you on the topic, there is more to the story. Come on, would you say that right now? Type it in the comments. Say there is more to the story. Listen, I know, I, I know that 2020, it may look like a movie, y'all. Okay, we are living in a movie. It's like it's like Jurassic Park meets stranger things and they collide. Okay? And I know that some of you might be asking the question, what is going to happen next? But I just want to tell you today that there is more to the story. Can I tell you that I don't know what fight, what struggle you have been in, but what I do know is that God is not finished, God is not done, the ending is not here, but this is just the beginning of a greater story that God is writing for you, for your life for your family, and for your faith. It's just the beginning. In Romans 8, it says this, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing to the glory that is about to be revealed to us. In other words, what we are about to walk into, we're not even going to be able to compare the kind of joy that we're about to experience. We're not even going to be able to compare the kind of peace that we're about to walk into. We're not even going to be able to compare the kind of confidence that we are about to step into. I don't know what troubled times you're in, but I know that there is more to the story. You see, let me say it like this. Uh, the, The Bible says that, that he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Did you know that there is even more Bible than is written in the Bible? Come on, y'all. Let, let, me, let me blow your minds, okay? Because God blew my mind the other day. I was reading in John, and it's, it's a record of Jesus, okay? This is after he performs a miracle, And in John 21, verse 25, it says this, Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written about him. Isn't that so fascinating that even Jesus, there was more to his story that we won't know until we get to heaven and get to ask him? I wonder if there's more to your story. I wonder if there's more to your year that that God wants to do in your life. I wonder if right now you're living in just a scene on a much bigger timeline, on a much bigger storyboard that God is about to unleash something on your life. Come on, I want to build your faith today. Are you ready? Are you ready to build your faith? I hope you're ready to build your faith. And I want to talk to you from 2 Kings today. Okay, Second Kings chapter 4, and I hope you have your Bibles, turn them open or you can follow along on the screen, uh, but it's a story of Elisha and how God always has more. You see, one day, Elijah went to the town of Shunem, everybody say Shunem, a wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. He said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. one day, Elijah returned back to Shunem. Somebody say Shunem. And he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, Tell her, we appreciate the kind concern that you've shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. In other words, she's saying, no, I'm good. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back in again, Elijah told them. And when the woman returned, Elijah said to her as she stood at the doorway, Next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. She replied and she said, No, my Lord. Oh, man of God. Do not deceive me and get my hopes up like that. See, what a a powerful story of a woman wealthy and well-off. She meets Elisha. Elisha starts coming to her house. She starts cooking up all this churrasco and this rice and beans. They have meals together. And she says, man, th- this Elijah guy, he keeps coming back, so we're just gonna have to build him a room so that when he comes, he can have a place to stay. And so finally, Elisha is there, and he's like, man, she's done so much for me. I'm indebted to her. And so I'm gonna ask her, what do you need? She says, I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm settled. Don't worry about me. Just, just, just get me through to the next day. I am good. You see, but what Elijah understood though, is that God doesn't want us to live an I'm good. I'm settled. I'm comfortable kind of life. The Bible says that he wants to give us an abundant life. The Bible says that he wants to give us one that is overflowing. He says that he wants to give us a life that is full of his blessing, and yet she looks at him and she says, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. And why she says, no, no, you're not good. What you need is a son. You see... This was important back in the day because at this time, in this era of life, sons were important. Sons were the only way that a family legacy could live on. It was believed that the man would think of a son as the only way that his existence could go forth after his passing. The son also resembled the covenant between God and Abraham, and it resembled a blessing on the household. But she didn't have a son. and She looked at her life and she said, you know what? I'm good Isn't it so good that When you think that you have enough God always has more Isn't it so good that that When you don't know what you need God knows exactly what you need And it's so good that When you don't know where to go Guess what God knows exactly Where he wants to take you When you don't When you don't know the direction Guess what God says I know the direction for your life So don't get settled Don't be deceived Okay don't get comfortable Can I tell you the enemy Wants you to get comfortable in this time The lady was comfortable. She says, no, 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 I don't, I don't need anything. And what a heartbreaking response that she delivers to the servant when he asks her, what do you need? I'm going to give you a son. And she says, no, don't get my hopes up like that. Don't get my hopes up like that. How many times do we block the blessing of God because of the fear of disappointment? You see, the fear of disappointment, it causes you to lower your expectations, to lower your dreams, to lower your faith because you don't want to be let down. Come on, nobody wants to be let down. What, what, what Elisha saw as a promise, the woman saw as a problem. Why? Because of her current situation. Why? Because she was barren and she couldn't have a son and she already tried to have a son and she was dealing with all of this hurt. She was dealing with all this regret. She was dealing with the pain of trying and failing and so she saw the blessing as a problem and what she did is she interrupted God's intervention. I wonder if sometimes we limit God because of our fear of disappointment. Listen, I'm about to say something and and I bet there are a lot of you that are going to be upset with me. Listen, all it took was one bad experience for me to never eat at Flanagan's ever again. Listen, I don't know what your theology is on Flanagan's, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Come on, we ain't eating at Flanagan's, y'all. All right, I got food poisoning, it was bad, but guess what? All it took was one bad experience for me to deal now with this fear of disappointment. Now, I know that's a funny thing, but this is exactly what this woman is going through. It's a fear of disappointment. And so she looks at Elijah, who can really give her anything, and and says, no, 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 no. don't get my hopes up. I'm not ready to, to raise my expectation to that level. I'm not ready to raise my faith to that level because I don't want to be let down. You see... I believe this, that a settled spirit is a dangerous spirit. Why? Because a settled spirit doesn't save anybody. A settled spirit doesn't change your future. A settled spirit does not save your marriage. A settled spirit doesn't save your kids. A settled spirit doesn't reach the city of Miami. Come on, man. I want to put some fire under you. Let's not get settled in this time. The enemy wants you to be settled. He wants you to get comfortable. He wants to distract you from the more that God has for you. Listen, that's why right now, more than ever before, you need to get involved at Brave Church. You need to get plugged in to the local body of Christ. Come on, you need to get on a serve team. Guess what? We have in-person serve teams, and we have online serve teams that you can be on. Come on, you need to get plugged in to a dinner party. Come on, you need to register for Brave Life and go through discipleship. You you need to take the 90-day tithing challenge. Why? Because there's more that God has for you. Come on, there's more that God has for you, and when we get settled, we say, no, I'm good. And we begin to block the miracles that God wants to do in our lives. Man, I don't know about you, but I want God to continually pour into my life. I don't want to stop and say, no, I'm good. Um, I'm settled See, I I just believe that there's so much more that God has for you this year. Come on, I just want to declare this over your life today that this year would be a year of great promise. This year would be a year of open doors. This year would be a year of increased capacity. This year would be a year that families are restored. Come on, marriages are whole. Come on, racism is broken. Come on, injustice is broken. Come on, division is united and the church is stronger than ever before. Come on, if you believe that, can you give five seconds of praise to God like you know He's only beginning? Come on, I'm not giving in to the fear of disappointment. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive more. There's more. Come on, there's more to your story. And there's also more to this story. So just as Elijah said, he said, you're going to hold a son in your arms in one year. He prophesied in this promise came to pass. There's a perfect picture of, of God's promise coming to pass in her life, and she has this boy, and it's absolutely incredible, but I want to warn you because any promise from God will be opposed. And if you follow along in this story, you find out that after she has the boy, the boy goes out and he's working, he's older now, and he's working in the field. All of a sudden, he gets this headache It's a bad headache. Headache so bad that he has to leave work and go home and he sits in his mother's lap and eventually because this headache is so bad the boy dies in the mom's arms. So now she's sitting there on her couch this Shunammite woman and she's left with a dead son and what looks like a broken promise. And if you pick up in verse 21 after she has this boy who is now past. It says this in verse 21, she went up and she laid the dead boy on the bed of the man of God. And then she shut the door and she went out. She called her husband and she said, Hey, please send me one of your servants and a donkey so that I can go to the man of God quickly and return. You see, I love this woman because she takes the dead boy back to the place where he was just prophesied. Can I ask you, when dreams are dead, when things begin to die in your life, when things begin to look not the way that they're supposed to, what direction do you run to? When your business starts to crumble, when your marriage is falling apart, when your kids are going crazy, when your year turns in a different direction than you expected it to, where do you run to? See, I'm so glad that she didn't forget about Elisha because only the person that sent the boy had the power to save the boy. You see, that's why it's so important for us not to forget where we started. Why? Because because if you can find the start of your story, then then, then you can find the voice that spoke it into existence. And if you can find the voice. Then you can find the hand that can heal, that can provide, that, that, that can release something new on that dead dream, on that dead boy, on that dead marriage, on your dead finances. Come on, I'm taking my dream back to where it started. Sometimes we need to retrace the steps of, of when God touched our lives. Come on, when we were called to start that business. Come on, when, when God drew us to our significant other. I bet there are some couples here that could save a counselor a whole lot of time and you a whole lot of money. If instead of going to counseling sessions, you would just retrace your steps back to the altar, back to where you made your vows, back to when you first fell in love, back to when you made a commitment with God and you said, God, I don't need my opinions from other families. I don't need opinions from my coworkers. What I need is your opinion and I need you to fix what you started. See, I, I, I just know that, that, that God, he's a fixer. God is a mender. He's a, he's a restorer. That's exactly what she knew about Elisha, this, this man of God. Listen, just because your marriage, your money, your finances, your career, your dreams are at a bad place doesn't mean God put down the pen. It may just mean that he wrapped up a paragraph and he's about to start a new chapter in the book. Just because you're at the bottom of a chapter doesn't mean he's done writing the story. See, when you're at your end, God is just beginning. When you think that it's over, guess what? God is just starting something new and there's more. Listen, I know, like I said before, this year may be looking like a bad movie. But here's what I do know, is that there's more to the story. And if you would continue to watch God's story unfold, I bet you would look at it a different way. You see, here's the thing about God. God doesn't live in the present. God lives in the past, present, and the future. God lives outside of time. The Bible says that He sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He is time. So guess what? We don't have to worry when we don't see our outcomes. Guess what? Because God has more. There is more. You see, just like this story... It doesn't turn around until Elijah shows up. And just like your story, it won't turn around until God shows up. In verse 32, I love the end of this story. When Elijah reaches the house, there was a boy lying dead on his couch. And he went in and he shut the door on the two of them and he prayed to the Lord. And then he got on the bed and he laid on the boy mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. And as he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body got warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and then he got on the bed and he stretched out on him once more. And then the boy sneezed seven times and he opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. And when she came, he said, Take your son. And she came in and she fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. And then she took her son and she went out. A dead boy who had no breath now began to walk again. Come on, I just want to tell you this today. It's time for some of you to get your breath back. Come on, it's time for some of you to get your breath back. Listen, I know you may be tired on the inside. You may be tired spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, but can I tell you, it's time for you to get your breath back. Come on. Six months are gone, but we still have six months to look forward to. Come on, like like you may be going through hardship now, but guess what? The only place that you can go from rock bottom is up. It's time to get your breath back. Why? Because when God gives us new breath, he gives us new authority. He gives us new passion. He gives us new vision. He gives us a new anointing to walk out of our dead place and into new life. See, I don't know what you're going through today, but I know that there's more that God wants to do in your life. The Bible says run the race to win the prize, but but how many of you know it's hard to run the race when you're out of breath? It's hard to run the race when you're struggling to breathe. Come on, you want to see your family be reunited. Come on, you want to see your kids come back to Jesus. You want to see your financial crisis end. Get your breath back and let God breathe life into you Again, you know, I I remember when I played football and I I would get hit. And I remember this one time I just got decked, y'all. I'm talking like I did like a front flip and I laid down on the ground and I got the wind knocked out of me. It was so bad. I could barely breathe. And I, I waddled off onto the sideline and my coach looked at me and he said, hey, catch a breath. Do what you need to do. And then you're going back in the game. Here's what I believe. I believe that right now is a moment for us to regroup on the sideline and for God to look at you in the face and say, hey, it's time for you to catch a breath and get back in the game. Because guess what? The game's not over. Your life's not over. Did you know that when God starts, he is faithful to completion? Just because you haven't seen the end yet doesn't mean that it's over. It just means that God is not finished and there is victory for you. How do I know that? Because there was a God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. And as he hung on the cross and he came down and he was buried in the tomb, everyone thought that the story was over. And for three days, hell celebrated because they thought it was the end. But on the third day, the tomb was rolled away, and God walked out. Jesus walked out, and he said, there is more to the story. Come on. I just want to address the devil right now. Devil, I hope you know that there is more for your story. I hope you know that there are more people that we're about to save. Come on. The church is getting stronger. Come on. There's a more territory, devil, that you're about to lose. Come on. Because there are people of faith that are standing up and saying, now is the time. Because God has more for my life. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. But God, I'm ready to chase after the more that you have for me. I know that you're not done. I love the quote that says, if I'm not dead, God's not done. I believe that. But I also believe this. Even if there are some dead things in your life, God's still not done. Why? Because we serve a God that can raise things back to life, and God wants to raise those things back to life in your life. Listen, I don't know where you're at today, but I just want to pray for you. I, I want to pray that God would restore your hope, that God would restore your dreams, that God would begin to send you things, send little pictures of the future, of the glory that you're about to experience. What you're in right now is just a season, but there's more glory on the other side of this season and I want you to know today that if you've never made that decision to say yes to Jesus to call him your Lord and Savior I want you to know that it's the greatest decision that you can ever have God wants to give you an exceeding and abundant life and it starts when you say yes to Jesus come on there's more for you and there's more for your family there's more for your coworkers there's more for your job there's more there's more for your story. Come on, I want to pray for you and and if you would join me in this very simple prayer, God makes it easy. He says, hey, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. So I want to lead you in a real simple prayer today. Come on, would you pray this with me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I say yes to you. I'm sorry for not walking in your plan. Give me more. I'm ready to call you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.